Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here with another episode with Divine Purpose Podcast. And we have a wonderful guest. Uh, that's one thing we do here. We always have like big people, big shot. Like we have Dr. Nicole Price today with us. And this episode is brought to you by Eco. Eco, if you want to get in shape, if you want to look good, Eco should be your solution. Now it's the time to hop into the hottest 45-minute group fitness class around. Give us a try absolutely free with our free three-day pass. Get a great workout and have fun at the same time. Whether an athlete or someone looking to shed a few pounds, hit core workouts, keep you motivated, and part of an awesome community all in under 45 minutes. See you at the gym. Yes, ITCO is the solution. We also have another sponsor is Dacius Facility Management. Dacius Facility Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services. Call them now, 617-237-0106. Dacius FM. Do you want to maximize the value of your commercial property and achieve optimal productivity and efficiency in your day-to-day business operations? That's where Dacius Facilities Management can help. DFM offers Boston area businesses help in key areas like building and preventive maintenance, handyman services, project and vendor management, and even security consulting at competitive rates. Call Dacius Facilities Management now at 617-237-0106 or visit DaciusFM.com today. Yes, that's this FM 617-237-0106. Like we said, we have Dr. Nicole Price. She received her bachelor in, in chemical engineering from North Carolina A&T University, her master's degree in adult education from Park University, and a, a doctorate in leadership and management from Capella University. Those are my words. Those, those, it's me reading it. And we definitely have Dr. Nicole Price with us today. Um, doctor, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you for being here with us. So we're going to have a great time and I'm excited to know more about you, to hear your stories. So let's start with Divine Purpose Podcast. Divine Purpose Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. We've been waiting for this moment and we have Dr. Nicole with us today. So we have a famous question, simple question. What can you tell us about you today? I think the important thing to know about me is that I have um, been born the seventh child of six children. Mm. And 
knowing or the six child of seven children, you got, you were probably doing the math on that going, what in the world is she talking about? <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you, it, it. people always wonder, why do I talk about my birth order? Because we had one bathroom in our house. And I know that uh, even for some people, that is a privilege. But you learn a lot of different skills around leadership when you have to share one bathroom with uh, s- several other people. And yes. you be able to get in there. You learned how to negotiate. You learned <laughs> fast. Um, uh, you know. You learn the importance of necessary endings. You learn the art of um, subordinating your agenda for the good of the whole. Like wow. you learn a lot of things when that is your reality. That I think sometimes I even take for granted, um, but have certainly been influential in kind of molding who I am and how I see myself and how I view God and um, almost everything. The way I run my business can all kind of go back to being the sixth child of seven children. Wow. Yeah, I think I, I, I like this already. I like this already. Yeah, because I, I'm going to ask some more questions. But um, let's talk about some challenges you 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 had in your life and how did you um, overcome those challenges. Can you tell us two challenges most yeah. important in your life and how did they challenge you? One of the most recent ones is that at 45 years old, I found out that my father was not my father. Wow. Um, yeah. And that was that was just last year. Um, and so my parents had been married 28 years. I was the sixth of their seven children my entire life. I believe that, you know, my parents were my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Turns out, uh, because of some uh, situation with ancestry DNA, that that just did not make sense. And upon discovery, I learned that my parents broke up for a year, and it happened to be the year before my birth. And during that time, my mom met someone else, and um, I was conceived. And uh, my parents decided that they were going to raise me as their own when they got back together. So. Um, when my dad died on my 10th birthday, did, they did not tell me. Uh, nobody told me when I turned 18. Um, and it turned out that this was not a secret. Like my my extended family knew, people at the church knew, my siblings knew. Um, it was only a secret to me. And it was very disruptive. You know, uh, there's one thing that I think most people, even if they don't know the meaning of life and what God has them for, they kind of know who they are. They yeah. know who their parents are. They know how they like to communicate, how they uh, what, how they approach change, how they like to make decisions. Even if nobody else does it in that way, they know these things about themselves. Yeah. Well, when you spend your whole life thinking about yourself, Price is my dad's name. And that's what my my friends from college even call me to learn that everyone around me knew something that I did not and had not shared it with me um, was disruptive. But it's been helpful on my empathy journey. I, it has helped me to um, empathize with people who have complicated stories in history. It's helped me to empathize with people who have shame. Um, for the first time in my life, I had incredible amounts of anger. Yeah. And I was angry with people who I couldn't have this discussion with because they were they were dead. Um, wow. 
Yeah, but my my uh, biological father is living. He's 78 years old and we have a good relationship, but that's probably the most recent challenge. Mm. Wow. That's that's uh that's one thing I like about doing this podcast is we kind of talk a few minutes before we start this and I, I didn't know that's where <laughs> we will go and and this is related to me too. Really? Yeah, my my this happened to somebody close to me, very close to me, and we didn't know. How old were they when they found out? Like thirties. Yeah, it's really disruptive because here's some things people say that they don't. I don't know that they're thinking about, and it uh, one of them is, "Well, you're still the same person, and your dad is still your dad." Well, listen, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how not to love you. Yeah, yeah. That's not what this is about. This is, there's someone else out there and I look exactly like him. Um, mm. So many things about my personality are, are nurture, uh, but other things are nature. Yeah. I, and, and they didn't make sense until I met this, this man. And um, I feel like God gives us things when we, when we can experience them, you know, there's, yeah. Taking taken us, but such as is common to man, that God is faithful and who will, you know, with the temptation, always make a way for us to escape so that we can bear it. And I think had I learned about this 20 years ago, I don't know that I would have been able to accept it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that there was some anger and mm-hmm. how did you... So can you take us to that process? Because I, I feel like um, me, I experienced the anger too. But at the end of the day, I wasn't the primary victim. I was just um, close. I was very close to that person. I am very close to that person. But can you talk about the anger and how did you challenge it in terms of like making sure you you didn't go down to the path where there will be no return? Yeah, so I've always been Christian, and um, one of the first things that I learned was that don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Angry, but sin not, you know, those things. And so um, what I realized about myself is that I never gave myself permission to feel what I call the red emotions. Okay. About anger, um, incredible amounts of frustration, depression, fury. I never gave myself permission to feel those things. You know, you, I felt like to be a good Christian meant that you didn't feel those things at all. Yeah. But in this particular instance, I couldn't talk myself out of being angry. (laughs) I couldn't just say, no, you need to not be angry. I was furious. And I, I think my fury was coming from, I knew people knew, but they wouldn't tell me. Yeah, that's that's the most that's that's hard. That's really hard because you feel like they 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 was disloyal, you know. So betrayal is yeah betrayal. Because there were about four months from the time I found out to the time I found my biological father, and I knew that the people I was asking that they knew who he was. They knew more than they were saying, and they wouldn't say it. And so um, I I ran across this book called Permission to Feel, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark Brackett. And I started just, un- just labeling my emotions as I would feel them. Yeah. And no matter how, what red they were, uh, <laughs> I would label them. 
And if you label, understand, recognize, and label your emotions, then you don't have to repress them. You okay. can express them. And then God, you think God doesn't know what we feel? God knows exactly mm. what we feel. And so when we try to convince ourselves we don't feel it, we're the only ones who we are lying to. God understands anger. Um. Jesus wasn't turning over tables in the temple in a peaceful state, right? That's yeah. just, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, you know, Paul wasn't, you know, writing his letters to the to the churches and not to having some level of anger or frustration yeah there and so uh, through that process of labeling those emotions uh, what i learned was i was better able to regulate them mm-hmm. and then once i found my biological father that was quite helpful um, because i learned that he didn't have any other children so so one it's this is this but uh, uh, did you find out they, how did i find him yeah yeah so there's an organization called the dna angels and they will help you if you have your um information in any of the genetic sites like ancestry.com or 23andme and it's free service and i had been looking for four months and they found my paternal grandparents in one day and okay. literally knew who my father was in two days and but so what got you to to started this to find okay. the, yeah what was because it's an investigation like what what yeah. kind of gets you to that path to even think about this oh so that's interesting it didn't i didn't think about it it came to me um, wow. it's hard for people to imagine now because i don't look like my mother so i clearly don't look or act like my, the rest of my siblings okay so there's all of this evidence that said that i probably had a different dad but i just didn't recognize it um but there was a person who was looking for her father and she should have had a certain relationship to me and she did not And so, you know, when you start unpacking it, you go, wait a minute. Mm. She's not my niece. Then what is, you know, that's how I found out. But I didn't know who was. And so I'm like, is it possible that my husband is my cousin or something? You know, like you just. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah. And those things can be maddening if you um, if you don't have a way to process those emotions and repressed emotions have nowhere to go but to come out at some point. And for me, it came out in incredible amounts of anger, um, not directed at anybody, just yeah. a low level amount of irritation. Mm, yeah. um, but I needed that because sometimes before that, when people would be angry, I would be dismissive. Wow. And so yeah. now I understand what it feels like. Feel like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you share. So let, let's go to uh, maybe a good note on this and, and appreciate you sharing this because this is huge um, where people can relate. A lot of people can relate. And we have guests who they, they, they told me this, like we, we just, uh, I just uh, heard from you. Can you talk about your fa- favorite childhood memory? Things you, I know you, 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 you said you, you learned some leadership skill because of uh, the bathroom situation. So any childhood memory you can share with us today? Yeah. So most of my favorite childhood memories have to do with what I get to do every day. I okay. have, my, my, my best gift is speaking from the stage to yeah. thousands of people. And some of my favorite memories are 
talking in church. And when I was a little kid, I thought I wanted to be a pastor. I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know that that's what I want to be anymore. But when, yeah. uh, when I was little, I wanted to. And um, my gift is being able to be called on the spot and being able to speak extemporaneously mm. about a topic. And one time that stands out to me was um, we were in a competition and I was um in like ninth grade and we were given random topics and we had two minutes to prepare in front of an, a, a large packed out church house. And I just really, that's when I found out that I love the roar of the crowd and you know how mm. church can be. You say something yeah. <laughs> they're like, hey, man. that for me is just like, Oh, um, I think that's one. And then the other would be when I got to meet Colin Powell, Wow. The Secretary of State. Yep, yep. And he came to my school when I was in high school um, and talked about his life and things that he had overcome. And um, wow. And so that was that was really nice. And I was with like 10 people. So we really we got to ask him questions and be close to him. And, and that was nice. Yo, fantastic. That's fantastic. So um, let, let's take um, this turn in terms of accomplishment. So which of your accomplishments are you the proudest? Um, I think my accomplishments that I'm most proud of are probably is probably that I've written seven books. What? Yeah, I. um, So I love to write, but I'd never taken the time to actually coalesce and put all my thoughts together in a book. Yeah. And one day I saw a woman um, at a conference and she had like a whole bunch of her own books kind of lined up. And I remember being so impressed. I'm like, my goodness, sis, like, how did you how do you have time to write these books? And she said that she just wrote for 10 minutes each morning. And I adopted that practice of typing. Mm. And if you just give it 10 minutes a day, by the end of a month, you've put some decent time. Like, let's say you take, you only do it six days a week. You take one day off. Yeah. You have written for an hour each week. Yeah. And, you know, if you do that for a month, you've got a pretty nice book started. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really proud of my my seven books. Wow. And congratulations. That's great to hear. And we we will definitely going to talk about your book in terms of your process. So let, let me ask you this question. What is what is the best compliment you ever gotten? That I have a pure spirit. Wow. Um, and I, I still remember the day it happened. I thought to myself, me, a pure spirit? Because I think <laughs> a pure spirit is more like a pure person. Yeah. She didn't mean it that way. She meant that my yes was yes, my no was no, um, that I speak with a clarity, but a care and concern for the hearts of people when I do so. And um, I don't know, I can be really hard on myself. And I think I don't always think of myself as the kindest person in the world, the nicest yeah. person in the world. I feel like I disappoint God daily. And so to have someone say that to me about me um, was humbling, actually. Um, Did this happen to you where you feel like you need to accomplish more, but what you produce in people chewing about it? Let me rephrase it. Like, let's say you just say, like, uh, you say thank you to somebody and then they take it 
that much because you even think about saying thank you. Is there, yeah. Is, and you're like, it's so basic what I did. Yeah. Got, you know, you've got people out here solving global climate challenge issues and, you know, creating peace treaties. I feel like that, you know, what what am I offering really to the world? But even just this week, a woman came to me and she said, you know, you don't remember. But when you started your business, you did a free coaching session for me. And you saved my life. And I'm like, what? I mean, <laughs> who did I say? You know, I don't even say anything mostly in coaching. I just ask a bunch of questions to help you. Yeah. So it, it's just a testament to we just never know where people yeah. are in their journeys and what they need from us. And every one of us is a, is a hero to someone and we have to show up in that way every day. And I'm trying. No, and keep trying, keep trying. So did you realize, when did you realize you, your life was, or your work, they were impactful? To people when is there a moment that you realize wow i need to really take care of what i'm saying take care of my my mind keep working on my pure spirit <laughs> when yeah. this happen i think it was probably later for me than it is for most people i was yeah. uh, uh, gosh it was probably 2013 or so so eh, 10 years ago yeah um so i would have been mid-30s and I was doing a leadership keynote somewhere and I got a standing ovation and people were in line after some people in tears talking about how, you know, what I had to say touched their hearts. And I was like, oh, you know, this is a gift and I have to make sure that I use it in ways that would be pleasing to God and not use it for harm, you know, because yeah. um, everything we have, we can use for harm. You know, mm. My word, words to hurt people. I can use my words to help people, and um, it's it's a heavy gift to have sometimes. Because if I'm being just honest with you, I I, I don't always care deeply about something that is important to other people. Um, and so, what do you do? Like, how do you handle your words when someone is? upset or concerned about something and that's not a concern of yours and that's okay. that's when i lean into empathy and say okay i know what it feels like to care deeply about something mm. deeply about something how do i want someone to react to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that has been helpful to me uh, for a person who's just not i'm not naturally moved by some things that people get you know emotionally caught up in um and so that's my work to do that's what i'm still working on yep. if you're interested and concerned about how i'm you know what i'm personally working on right now um there is and thank you for your answer there is this um trend where they're talking about self-care mm -hmm. and people are taking it more as a way of life in terms of well-being mm -hmm. did you do you know about it? Do you really take care of it? Because we had um we had a wonderful woman yesterday, not yesterday, but the previous episode. She was talking about self care where she had a daughter, but she had to realize that she needs some time for herself to to recoup, you know, to recover. Because you give a lot as as a mother or as a as a person or in the family, so you really work 
for your you know you're working so there's like you need to time to recover do you think about that do you do you get involved with that what's your process yeah you know I, and i do realize that i have some privileges that other people don't so my son is 24 years old i don't have little kids running around nobody's here waking me up in the middle of the night <laughs> but i regularly get seven seven and a half hours of sleep every oh, night okay every night um, and that is without exception. Um, I move my body uh, to make sure that, you know, I'm getting my heart rate up. And then when possible, I'm doing that outside so that I'm getting sun. Okay. I try to eat real food and not too much. Um, and those things for me, um, meditation, I need to be better about. I used to be like consistent every day couple times a day, 20 minutes each time. I'm not as good about that anymore, um, but I need to be better about it. Um, and just spiritual connectedness. I know some people are not believers and I just don't know how they make it through this thing called life. <laughs> but I will say for me, that's what self-care is. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't mean, you know, vacations and massages. It's mm, yeah. Just taking a bath instead of a shower that releases stress from the body. You know, yeah. um, if I ever find that I'm feeling exhausted, sometimes just getting some sun is helpful to me. Um, okay. Going outside, getting some fresh air. And like I said, you know, my ability to have my schedule such that I can do those things, I recognize is a privilege that everybody doesn't have. But one thing I know for sure is that the ability to sit still and calm the mind and connect with the body and just be present with your body is something almost all of us can do. And if you do that consistently, you'll find that your body's much better cared for. Oh, terrific, terrific. We really like it. We like it. So let, let's go with this question about COVID. You know, COVID happened and it's new for everybody. But one thing was sure is you got to adjust. What was your adjustment during COVID? Yeah. So I think what was most interesting for me at the beginning of COVID was that my family, we were kind of hunkered down here together and yep. the incessant amounts of cooking. Like, <laughs> it was like breakfast. People were like, what are we eating at lunch? What are we eating? <laughs> what are we eating? I'm like, I, I cannot afford order cook. <laughs> we got to figure something out. And then yeah. everybody being here trying to work was also complicated. My son yeah. In school at the beginning, I'm now working from home, and you know it. It, it was just the noise of trying to m get around each other was interesting. But what I will tell you is that for those of us who might have been doing away too much before, yeah, then we reevaluate. We spent some time reevaluating what matters because for me, somebody was dying every month. Yeah, somebody that's 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 the news. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Somebody I knew was dying every month. One of one person was like 50, and I was like, "What from COVID?" Yeah. Yeah, and so I there was just a little bit of reevaluation that uh, was a, a big adjustment. I, I just heard you said um, you, you work from home, but let me ask you this question. So working from home, like um, it's kind of challenging, too. But 
You, you probably hear that people said, oh, leave work at work. So <laughs> what's your process when you work from home? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, that was another adjustment. So I'm glad this has come up. I was working all the time because work was right here next yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so now what I do is I work in my office and I don't work anywhere else in the house. Wow. Okay. And that helps me kind of like, okay, now I can do my morning routine when I come in my office. And then when I leave my office, you know, I try to leave my work in here. Oh, excuse me. But but I will tell you that um, that took me a while to get to. Yeah. Because, you know. (laughs) boundary. I didn't have a boundary. So you're like, Oh, let me get a a grind culture is, uh, has this interesting magnetic pull that you have to, it's not fruitful. I don't, I don't think this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. We need rest. We need to rejuvenate. The ability to reset to me is like taking your car to the gas station. You had to stop for a little bit fill up and then you can keep going. If you keep trying to just go, then eventually the car just going to stop on its own and it's going to yes. be a very inconvenient time and place. And so I had to quickly learn that, um, you know, I don't need to take my laptop to my bedroom. I don't need to, I don't have to, I don't need to have my laptop downstairs in the kitchen. So I've, I've made those kinds of adjustments. Wow. Wow. Good to hear because uh, we had people uh, who said they work 80 hours a week uh-huh. during COVID because they couldn't, they couldn't separate the both, you know? So sometimes when you work at a office, coming back, you, you know, driving, you kind of get you ready for, for, um, for life or for family. But now it's like next, next room, That's right. <laughs> you know, it's next room. I wrote a book in one month during COVID. One yeah. month. And it was because I was writing all the time. Mm. So of 10 minutes in the morning. <laughs> no, no, that's good to you. So we're going to get to our break now. Break now with, um, we have Dr. Nicole Price with us. Um, she will definitely tell us more. And let's go on break with it core. Did you know that HitCore Fitness is now an SBA-approved franchisor? Now it's your opportunity to be part of a thriving business with multiple revenue streams. Hit and core strength group fitness classes, personal training and small group training, weight loss program and corporate wellness program, and much more. Crush your competition with higher than average member retention and get your return on investment in under three years. We'll see you at the gym. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. 
Yes, DFM, the smart choice. So we back with Dr. Price um, today um, on our episode with Divine Purpose Podcast. Um, we have Dr. Price with you with us today. So, Dr. Price, let's let's let me ask you this question: What was your dream job in high school? I know I heard you said you wanted to be a pastor, but the question is: What was your dream job in high school, um, in college, and compared to what you're doing now? Okay, so it changed quite a few times. Mm. So I wanted to be a pastor, but then someone told me at my church that women could be Sunday school teachers, not pastors. So I let that go. Mm. And then um, when I was in high school, my first job, I got a chance to work for a, a very successful hairdresser. She had a huge salon with lots of people working there. And so then I thought I wanted to be a hairdresser. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and that was that was short lived. And then I got my undergraduate degree in engineering. Yeah. I was, I was science and math in high school and so I got kind of pushed into the STEM careers. I studied engineering um, and had engineering internships, worked in the field for 10 years. It took me a while to figure out that my personality didn't agree. While I loved engineering, my <laughs> I just don't have the, the personality for it necessarily. Well, can you tell us more? What's, what type of personality you need to, to have? Well, and I, it, I'm going to say less of need to have except and more of what works well with other engineering personalities. There's yeah. typically, typically, there are exceptions to every rule. Engineers are more introverted in their communication style. Yeah. Far more linear, um, process-driven, mm. uh, practical rather than conceptual. Yeah. Um, tend to make decisions purely on logic and reason and questioning in critical ways and, and very scheduled and methodical. I am not that. I'm perverted <laughs> in every way you can possibly yeah. think of it. Um, I don't really care how you get something done as long as, long as yeah, you get it done. Yeah. That doesn't matter to me. Um, I wrote an entire book about empathetic and compassionate leadership and how do you lead with empathy and compassion? How do you look for harmony? Um, not trying to decide. And I'm very casual and spontaneous and open-ended. And that feels dangerous when you're in engineering environments. People are like, what in what? the <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? But I, you know, whenever we would be able to brainstorm new process ideas, uh, whenever there were um, these big, hairy, audacious goals that need to be accomplished, things we had never done before. I was perfect yeah. for the engineering teams. But if it was just run-of-the-mill manufacturing engineering, get the same number of parts out every day without fail, not really, that that wasn't really my strong suit. Oh, no, it makes sense. So let's let's talk about, um, because this question I, I started to ask people because I, I realized it's very important. Is there one thing you wish you knew before you started this career? That this one I have right now? Yeah. To start it sooner. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I believe that there, I know that there are people who are like, just do whatever can make you some money. Yeah. I don't think that anymore. I believe that if you get to do what you're naturally good at, wow. that money will come. And you'll find it'll it'll just find its way to you. And that's I know that's my experience. And so I'm biased. Okay. Legitimately trying to make money doing things that I felt people respected. Like if I say I'm an engineer, people go, ooh, that's yeah. today. But now 
I pay people the salary that I was making as an engineer because I'm doing what God has crafted me to do. And you can tell when I'm when somebody is just what if whether they're a baker, you know, yeah. or, um, they like really detailed numbers. I just was talking with a historian last week, the way the man can just remember historical concepts and perspectives and names and dates. But he's working at the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. Mm. And it's just like, what if he were providing historical references for people all over? So quick question. We're just speculating, right? Yeah. Do you think do you think is miss because we call this embrace your calling? Mm -hmm. Do you think you miss it? Do, I, not, do you think he's missing his calling? He's I not do. embracing in it. I do, and I believe he's doing so because he thinks he's making more money doing what he's doing. But I'm like, God didn't call you to do that. And I think he's not having near as much fun either. So he's on Sundays, not looking forward to work on Monday, looking forward to every single day off. And it's like, God wants you to go to Nineveh and you're trying to go to Tarshish. So, uh, Dr. Nicole, you you touch like a sensitive sensitive topic here, and uh -oh. which we we're not even we're not even on a hot topic yet. But let me let me say this: uh, Do you think because I think a lot of people are missing the boat? That's why I call it missing the boat because you need to be somewhere. You're not there. You know, and yeah, you're making money, but you're not fully living your purpose. What's the message for young people who probably going to get to make that mistake or people who already in that mis mistake in terms of living their life or not on purpose? So what's the what's the message for them? You know what I wish I would have had when I was younger? I wish I had somebody who said to me, Nicole, write down. Whenever you're doing something during your day that just gives you so much energy that if you were doing it all day, you would never stop. Like write it down and pay attention to what that is. And then I want you to take a moment to write down kind of when you're doing something. And even if you only have to do it for 10 or 15 minutes, it drains you. Because if I had spent time doing that, it would be so clear sooner what I should have been doing. Um, Now, what I am grateful for, I'm grateful for my path, you know, the, the, what I learned in engineering school, what I learned working in corporations in that way has been helpful to me. So I don't want people to think that they're wasting their time. But if fear is keeping you stuck someplace, when God keeps opening doors for you, yeah, now you gotta, you gotta unpack that for yourself. Because I had multiple opportunities to do exactly what I'm doing today, but fear was holding me back. I was like, wow. well, I got my, what about my 401k? What about my retirement? What, wow. what about my car? My, what about my phone? What about, you know? Yeah, yeah, life, you know? Worries. Yeah, the ability to say that you have this high-powered title somewhere. Oh, I'm the vice president of this. You know, I, When you are in your calling, you're going to touch so many people and God is going to make sure you eat. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's um, that's very true because this is what I'm living now. So outside of being a host of the podcast, I am a locksmith instructor. 
mm-hmm. and I'm also a project uh, project facility manager, and I have my own business. Mm-hmm. But combine everything I'm I just told you, being a <laughs> a podcast host, get me to know or to touch or to talk with more people than I will never. So we never met. We never met before, right? Yeah. But this conversation, if somebody is just uh, taking it like we know each other because we're just talking about things we were meant to do. Yeah. And it become natural. It become like something we knew each other before. So that's great to hear. And that's going to lead us to Hot Topic because we have definitely great questions for you. So Hot Topic is a segment where we're going to ask you a question related to your career, question our audience doesn't usually have a chance to ask people in your position. hot topic with Dr. Nicole Price. So the question for first question for Dr. Nicole is what is empathy journey? What is an empathy journey? Yeah. Empathy, an empathy journey is whatever, wherever you're starting, that's your starting point, but wherever you end up, it's that you have the ability to put yourself in the shoes of other people far more often. And as you do that, you can make better decisions and um, more accurate decisions, more morally correct decisions. Not that you agree, but that you get much better at tapping into human connectedness to help you with decisions. Wow. Well said. Uh, so uh, you didn't even crack a sweat, you know? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So now. I was thinking it was going to be something hard for me. No, no, don't worry. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So <laughs> Dr. Nicole Price gets it, right? She understands that if leadership is anything, it's personal and that everyone can be a great leader. Why do you think everybody can be a great leader? Because if you're leading in a place where who you are as a person fits, then you're going to be a great leader. So for as an example, let's say you're really hard nosed and you like structure and um, you're less empathetic and compassionate. You're more logical, reasonable. You could probably you might not lead in a school, but you might be perfect for leading in a prison. Mm. Or let's say I am um, um, uh, a person with a more tender heart and uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I like to bring a lot of people together. You know, you might be perfect for leading inside of a faith based institution or in a nonprofit. If you're introverted, you know, it's perfect to lead in a journalistic organization like the New York Times. And I think sometimes people think, well, oh, I'm too shy or I'm too this or I'm too that. Whatever you are, there's millions of other people who appreciate that exact same leadership approach. And so I think sometimes it's about putting people in the right spot. So can you and I hear this uh, and I agree. And but my challenge is is if everybody is a leader, where are the followers? Yeah, so I think about it in this way. So there's positional leadership and then there's influential leadership. Um, So 
even in times where I'm not the positional leader, like those volunteer organizations where I'm not the leader of those organizations, yeah. my job is to help influence people around me to get them to line up to the mission and vision of the person who is leading. Because if we decide that we're going to step down, step out, disengage, other people are watching us. I think that's what I mean when I say everyone can be a good leader. Yeah. Somebody is watching you. And what leadership example are you leading? If that's for, are you leaving them? If that's your children, if that's uh, your neighbors, if that's your friend groups, somebody's watching you. Every one of us has somebody watching us. And so this is this is what I believe, right? What do you believe? I believe that you need to follow, you need to know how to follow before you can be a leader. I agree. That's, a, that's what I believe. But I think some people are skipping this. <laughs> they, for, they, for, they forget the following part and they want to be just straight leaders. You know, I had a really long conversation yesterday with some CEOs throughout the region where I live talking about how do you hold people accountable when you're not accountable? Mm. So you don't you're you don't have any personal <laughs> accountability for your job, but you want to hold accountable to mine. Like what yeah. is, that, that is, I mean, you have to model for me what it looks like. And um, I think, honestly, I tell people all the time that I'd prefer, even for my own organization, I'd prefer to be number two. I would prefer for someone else to be running it and I could just be a thought partner. So I think, I think part of the reason why people like to come and work for our firm is because I, I really do believe that. I believe that I'd be better following the leadership of someone else. Why, why is that? Um, again, we'll go back to personality. I just want to be the person who's like life of the party <laughs> you know, out here ideating. Yeah. I decipher if an idea is a good one or not. Wow. I don't want to be uh, the person who's responsible for operations necessarily. And right now I'm responsible for both. So th this question is more about um, mentorship where uh, I asked, uh, we had a CEO uh, as a guest. So we, we've been having great guests um, and I asked them this question. So who's your mentor? You know, Mine? no, no, no. I asked that guest who's his mentor. So I realized that now leadership, most people, who they say they are leader. They don't have anybody who mentor them, you know, so. That's too bad. Like, and then you calling yourself a leader. So what, what, what so how can you, so what is the best form for leadership? Like, this is the question. What is the best form of leadership or technique or what, what, what will you describe as the best leadership style? See, I'm a fan of empathetic leadership. I think if you can lean into um, what other people need, because bad leaders understand this, they they use it for bad. But if really good people would understand people better, uh, we could make better decisions. And when I think about the people who have influenced me into thinking that way, I have an entire bench. It's not like one mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Who helped me with that? So th this is a question we usually ask um, before her topic, but I'll ask you, who has been your most um, influential mentor? Uh, today, I would say it's a man named Jim Nunnally. He is uh, 80 years old. He's an octogenarian. 
Um, he has worked in uh, the prosecutor's office, so criminal justice. He's also worked in healthcare at the executive level. Um, just has a wide range of experiences across the globe. Yeah. And every day he talks with me almost every day just to make sure that I'm staying focused. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing is, is, it's not as much as what we talk about in as much as he shows me what it looks like for somebody to think that what you're doing is important enough for them to pour into and to care about. Yeah. It's a beautiful example I mean, he has no earthly reason to do this for me, and he does it. And uh, so I feel then uh, the desire to do the same thing for other people. Um, and it's been a delightful relationship. Wow. Thank, wow. So I think you, like I said, you, you said you will do good on the Hot Topic, and Hot Topic was great. So this is Dr. Nico with Hot Topic. Let's go. So we we get to close to the end of this uh, great conversation with you, Dr. Nico. We really appreciate it. And you being here with us uh, on Divine Purpose Podcast. So let's talk about Spark the Art. Spark the Heart. Uh, so Spark the Heart is a book that I, I don't know that I wanted to write. Okay. So, so I do a lot of work in diversity and inclusion, race equity, and honestly, just in general, helping difference get along. So most okay. of the time when people call me, their teams aren't getting along for some reason. Every once in a while, that's because of race or gender or sexual orientation, but okay. it could be anything. It could be, you know, these people are, you know, we have clicks over here and clicks over here and we've got this amazing amount of work to do. Or sometimes the folks who work for the hour, by the hour are at odds with people who get paid by salary. And so yeah. one day I'm just I'm doing a session and um, I'm in the room with some incredibly wealthy donors of an organization. And one of them raises his hand and he said, I understand what you're saying here, but I was hoping that you would help me get it emotionally. And I thought to myself, I said, did he just tell me he don't care about what I'm saying? <laughs> he, just said he don't care about what I'm saying. But once I got over myself and I sat with it for a little bit, I said, I bet you there are plenty of people who don't actually care about issues related to diversity or, you know, people not getting along for whatever those reasons are. Because it doesn't they don't think that it impacts them. Yeah. And so I said. Um, when Forbes called, I said, here's what I need. I need y'all to get somebody to write a book about empathy. That's not one of those holding hands, singing Kumbaya kind of books. And they were like, well, let us help you write it. And I said, I'm the worst person to talk to. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it's not natural for me, I have to work on it. And yeah. And so any, anyway, that's the name title of the first chapter of the book, why I might be the worst person to talk to you about empathy. But pe the folks can, as you can see there, uh, download a free chapter and uh, read it, or they can also listen to um, the first chapter of the Audible to hear how I kind of ended up on this empathy journey for myself. Yeah. Uh, but how empathy is not at odds with accountability, that you can drive incredible uh, outcomes and empathy can actually be the catalyst to it instead of the thing that's holding people back. Wow. 
No, no, that's great. That's great to hear, and definitely people should check it out. So where they can have it? Yeah, so you can get it on all of the the regular spots where your books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Bookshop. I um, I have some copies, but my copies are for people who are willing to like read it and critique it early because the release date is not until April 25th. Mm, so that means I'm getting one, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have to ask. You know, I have to ask. I have to <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Definitely. So let's talk about um some uh, some fun um fun part of of you like you. I know you're gonna have books for our audience. Um, let's talk about favorite place to visit. What your what a favorite place you you like to visit? Um, you know I'm so boring. Um, but when I think about places I like to go, people are shocked to know that it's not on the beaches. I like the mountains. Really? Uh-huh. I do. Wow. You know why? Because I like to be holed up with a book reading. Oh. <laughs> and I like, you know, looking out over the yeah. vastness of the mountains. Yeah. You get the same thing from the oceans, but man, and and I don't have to be in these really tall mountains. Like sometimes it's just, you know. I'm happy to be in the Appalachians. <laughs> so is there a question you wish I asked you today? Uh, well, don't you care what I like to do for fun? Yes, I do. I like to go to comedy shows. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's my favorite. I love to watch the let, let me hear this. Who's your favorite comedian? Cat Williams used to be. Yo, Cat Williams is good. Okay. okay. Who's the best then? Who's the good? Oh, you can't get me to say it. I won't say it. Oh, come on. From it depends. Who's it your? It depends. Favorite? My caps, baby. My caps. Oh, my caps is. Uh, it's not. Huh? You think he's funny in stand up or in movies? I think it's funny in stand up. It's just that's me. It's not like he's the best, but I just relate to his joke. Yeah, he's funny. I like Dominique. I don't know if you've ever seen her. She's fantastic. No, I don't know her last name, but because she just goes by Dominique and she's hilarious. Dominique, okay. So I um I like so I so I'm Haitian, so we starting to have Haitian um stand up. So we had one in Boston, which is which was very great and I experienced that. But um yeah, I usually I like um Kevin Hart. You like Kevin Hart? Mm, but those are the ones. So I like a uh, week um Tracy Morgan. Tracy okay. Morgan. But um oh, the earthquake. Mm, no, I, I don't watch like I said, if I would probably not a big, big com- comedian, like a fan in terms of comedy a comedy fan. But when I usually there's like a is like special on Netflix, uh-huh. I watch all of them. Like uh, my caps. I know I watch all of them for some reason. So <laughs> I, really, I really liked um, Earthquake's most recent one. And uh, Dominique's last name is Witten. So if you get a chance to look at anything she's done out there, okay. it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You probably know more than me because I'm just rely on Netflix. So. <laughs> So I just rely on Netflix to to go to like to watch the show to get your comedy. Yeah, yeah, but you you go to the 
to the actual show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you can watching people on Netflix is funny. You should watch the Earthquake special on Netflix. It was good. Uh, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. So, what else? What so? What's the future hold for Dr. Nicole Price? You know, I can tell you what I hope the future holds for me. I hope the future holds for me uh, an opportunity to be. Um, a professor again at university. I got a chance to do that for a little bit and I loved it so much. Mm. Um, and I hope that I get a chance to do that. And if not, maybe I can be like an honorary professor, kind of like uh, Cornell West is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would suit you well. I think that would suit you well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that would suit you very well. So, um, This is Eddie Dacius with Divine Purpose Podcast, and we had Dr. Nicole Price today, and she really did a great job in terms of talking about her career and her life um, in a whole, and we had a great time. So last word for you. Join me on this empathy revolution. I believe the world needs more of it. And if you just do 14 days worth of practicing, you can go to Dr. Nicole with price.com and learn and join the revolution without anything required of you except for intention. So where can people get in touch with you? I know you just give your website mm -hmm. anywhere they, they can reach out to you directly or on your Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. So on all social media channels, I'm Dr. Nicole Price. Uh, and you can also send me an email at info at drnicoleprice.com or you can call. I mean, people don't tend to call, but if you want to call, it's 800-914-9205. So it would not make sense for us to end this podcast without talking about Lively Paradox. Lively Paradox is the company that I, I run. That I'm the CEO of Lively Paradox. And we do leadership development workshops. So if you have an organization or a company whereby uh, you need people to help you with team building or just uh, you got big, hairy, audacious goals that you're having trouble getting through, uh, call us and we can help you with that. And uh, there's Dr. Ian Roberts. He's an Olympian and is a specialist at organizational turnaround. Lisa Gunderson is uh, knows the most that I've ever seen about um, internal and external communication and com customer service. And then Jocelyn Shante is uh, business development and sales. Yeah, so uh, we, um, yes, I think Jocelyn really helped me set up this. So shout out to her. So I really yeah, want to make sure. Jocelyn, she's the yeah. MVP. <laughs> yeah, she did a good job. So like I said, this is Eddie Dacius with Divine Puppet Podcast. And we are Dr. Nicole Price today. And we, I think I had a great time. I, I think definitely we, 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 we talk about great things and I, I and I learn about your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. Do you feel like you're living in your purpose? Um, I, think, I hope I am, <laughs> but I think that's uh, that's uh, yeah. I think I, I am, and it's kind of it's a journey for me because uh, I just embark to it, and hopefully the impact. I think the impact will will let me know if that's really the purpose I need to focus on. Well, you have certainly impacted me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Thank you. Appreciate it. So this is Eddie Dashes. We had a great time. Please subscribe to the channel, comment, like, and follow us on all social media and listen to this podcast.